0: you to think about the last time you had a really great experience with a business what did that look like what made it such a great experience for you was it that they knew your name when you entered the business was it the quality of attention or the amount of attention that you received while you were there was it the food was it the attention to detail Maybe it was the ease of interaction with them. The list could go on and on depending on what type of business you are, but ultimately what it comes down to is that when you are able to delight a customer, they will remember you and think more positively of you in the future and likely come back to you for more business. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to the Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Customer experience is a really big part of the success or failure of a business. It's also rooted in the values that you have as an organization, the intention that you put forth in how you behave with each other, with your clients. It's rooted in your purpose. Imagine that, that I would say that customer experience is, has roots within the purpose of your organization. I want to share with you some things that I have found out recently about customer experience. One of them is I want you to think about customer experience the same way as what a future guest of mine does, Joey Coleman. Customer experience is proactive. Customer service is reactive. What do I mean by that? The customer experience being proactive means that those are things that you plan into how you interact with your customer. You anticipate them and plan for them. They are not something that happens as a result of something else. That's really what a customer service is. So customer service is they buy something, they have a problem with it, they come back to you. You're responding to your customer's ask. You're responding to a direct action that they're bringing back to you for assistance. Customer experience proactively then is anticipating those needs and acting on them before they request them. I recently came across a research study that was conducted by a company called Acquia, and I'm sorry to that company if I am pronouncing their name incorrectly. It is spelled A-C-Q-U-I-A. They recently released a report of customer experience expectations for 2019, Very first summary point that they make is this Only 10% of the customers they surveyed strongly agree that most brands meet their expectations for what they consider to be a good experience. 10%. That means that 90% of customers are on the fence or worse. The big problem with this is that 82% of marketers believe they are meeting customer expectations with regard to customer experience. That is a big gap. And that gap between reality and perception is a huge opportunity. That opportunity is one that should be capitalized on. When it comes right down to it, some of the things that you need to do or that you can do to improve the experience that you provide to your customers or your clients are pretty easy, simple fixes. So in this research, they go on to say that convenience and personalization go hand in hand. And I know over a number of the last few episodes I've talked about that one of the things that we crave as society anymore is being human and recognized and heard. This is kind of saying the same thing. Their points on this is that customers want convenience. 90% say that when they interact with a brand online, They want a convenient experience, and they want their needs to be met easier. They also say that they want greater personalization. 80% says that I would be more loyal to a brand that showed that they really understood me and what I was looking for. And if a brand understands me at a personal level, I am more likely to be more loyal to them. It's about knowing who your audience is. And really understanding who they are and anticipating their needs, anticipating how they're going to use your product and service, what you need to do to help them get from point A to point B, help them navigate through the system or through the process. Let them become part of your team almost so that they feel like they're part of something bigger when they use your product or service. Now granted that might not be very easy if you're if you're a disposable product, if you're something that's sold in bulk. That maybe isn't the easiest thing to do allowing them to become part of your team, but there are ways that you can do it. You just need to think creatively. They go on to reference that when brands are falling short on these ideas, they're not doing a good job of predicting my needs. And when they engage with a business online, they feel like they're treated as any other generic customer, not as an individual with their own personal needs. 68% of customers say that brands they regularly interact with understand their preferences, provide what they are looking for, and anticipate their needs. Now, they also note that this is up significantly from their 2018 report, where that percentage was only 59%. Just in what I've said right there leads me to one of the first key things that I think that we can easily do to create a better understanding of where we have gaps in our experience, and that is understanding our customers. Really understand who do you work with? Who uses your product and service? Define them. Create an avatar. Create a picture of who they are. What do they like to do? How are they using your service? What problem are you solving for them? What do they feel like when that problem is solved? What happens once that problem is solved that you may be able to continue to help them with? That's the anticipation of what they need next. Anticipating their questions. You can do that by implementing a strategy of they ask you answer. Listen to what they're asking you questions about because if they're asking you that question, chances are somebody else in your audience pool is has the exact same question That needs to be answered. And if you proactively answer that question through the form of a blog post or a social media post, you are upping your customer experience with them because they're thinking, wow, how did they know I had that question? That's just one simple thing that you could do. If you have technology that you're using, how can you simplify the process? Think about if your primary target audience are people who are not very technologically savvy, how can you help them navigate the use of your technological solution? Do you give them a checklist? Do you give them step-by-step directions on how to use it? Because maybe it's something that they need to use, but they're just fearful of using it because they don't use technology in other aspects of their life. But even at that, you can do things to create a better experience and anticipate what they need and make them feel like they are a recognized individual in your system, not just a number. Another thing that I think we need to think about as it relates to customer experience, and this is especially true for people who work in the marketing field, because I think we tend to be so driven on acquiring new customers that we tend to forget that we need to do something to retain the customers that we have. Oftentimes, that's a very different approach, a very different strategy than what you need to take to find new customers. So again, going back to that idea of that you know who your customers are, you know what they look like, now profile them as an existing customer, anticipate their needs. What are the next steps? How can we retain them and move them into another product or service that we offer? Because retaining a customer is significantly cheaper than obtaining new customers. If you watch Shark Tank like I do frequently, that's going back to this idea of what is your acquisition cost? What does it cost to acquire a new customer as opposed to what does it cost to retain a customer? Those numbers will be different. And when you know those and you have a strategy in place for both, your customer experience is likely going to improve as well because you're not... Forgetting about those who are already in your system. And the last thing I have on my list of three things, the first one obviously was getting to know your audience better. And I guess I didn't mention this before, but I did an entire episode on your target audience. That was episode seven. So I would encourage you to go back and take a listen to that one. The second one is recognizing that marketing needs to look at retention as well as prospecting. And the last one is analyze that onboarding process. What can you do to improve the process of bringing on new customers that can convert them into being a customer for life? Now that really piggybacks onto what that second one was, is just the awareness of knowing that you need to have a retention strategy as well as a prospecting strategy. But as you think about what are those things that you can do, one, I would encourage you to pick up or check out Joey Coleman's book, Never Lose a Customer Again, and be watching for my interview with him that will be coming up in a couple of episodes. But quickly, I wanted to share just a little bit about that because that book has been really, really eye opening for me since I read it a couple of years ago. There are opportunities within increasing that customer experience that are so simple that I think oftentimes what happens is that we are so close to our own business and our own processes that we don't think about what it's like to bring somebody new into the fold. We don't think about what it's like to be a new client and being brought into a whole new dialogue. Maybe we use a lot of industry speak or jargon. And maybe they are not aware of what those terms mean. A simple approach in the onboarding process might be to give them a glossary of words that you frequently use and what do they mean and encourage them to ask questions and tell them that questions are, are expected and are respected. In Coleman's book, he outlines eight key principles of the customer journey for you to consider. And I'm just going to quickly go through them because in the interview, we talk about them in broader ways than what this detail would be. So I really, I want to share this just to kind of get you primed for what that conversation will be like. And one of the things that that he said and this Acquia research reinforces is that essentially the bar for customer experience is on the ground. We have nowhere to go but up. And really that's pretty sad. When you think about the fact that he's saying, and that this research is saying, that customer experience expectations are so low that there is nowhere to go but up, that's tons of opportunity that we have to be able to improve the relationships with the people that we serve. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that all businesses are are struggling with this. There are some businesses out there that do this better and exceed expectations every single day. But even they have opportunities for improvement because we live in a dynamic environment in a dynamic world. Things change. Expectations change. Opportunities open up that didn't exist two days ago, three weeks ago, six months ago. That all require us to think about them and anticipate what does that mean to our customer and how can we improve our service now that this part of the equation exists. Quickly, the eight phases of customer experience. Phase one is assess. This is the time when the customer is deciding that they want to do business with you. It's really that marketing phase. It's that time when we're trying to encourage them to look at us and realize that we may be something that they need. It's a time when you want to share your philosophy and your mechanisms that you have in place to make sure that you deliver a consistent and remarkable experience throughout the customer journey. And you want to show the prospect what it looks like by treating them as if they are already a customer. One of the things that has been on my mind recently too is that I've been going through a sales training and probably the thing that has been said at every one of the trainings that I've been to so far, and they've, they've been weekly for the last three weeks, is that People just want to be heard. This is your opportunity to hear them, is in this phase, in this assess phase. Hear them, understand who they are. It's also the time for you to really get to know who they are. Phase two is admit. This is when the customer admits that they have a problem and need and believe in you to solve it. This is often referred to as the point of sale. And if you miss your chance in that opportunity, You may not get it back. You want to meet your customer's emotional state in this moment that you can live on with that positive feeling that they have about you right now. You want to sustain that. The third phase is affirm, which is more often referred to as buyer's remorse. And that is natural. We all have buyer's remorse. Once we've signed on the dotted line, it's natural for us to feel remorseful. And maybe not remorseful in the full sense of, oh my gosh, why did I buy that? But the second guessing, what if there's something better out there? What if I missed an opportunity? What if I didn't fully understand what they're going to do for me? It's all, it's just that questioning phase. So how can you anticipate that? That's pretty easy. Make them feel good about it. Reinforce that you are good at doing what it is that they've just contracted with you to do for them. Share with them success. You know, maybe you have a client testimonial or a case study that is similar to the situation that they've just signed on board to work with you on. Share that with them. Reinforce with them that they did make a good decision. Phase four is activate. This phase begins with the first major post-sale interaction. It's when the relationship between the customer and organization first materializes in a meaningful way and the business begins to deliver on the promises made during that assess phase. This is a huge opportunity. This is oftentimes when they realize that maybe the sales rep that they worked with to sign the contract, that that's not the person that they're going to work with any longer. They're going to be working with a project manager or an account director or someone that isn't who they met with to begin with. How can you make that transition smoother? Through introductions, through bringing them in sooner into the process, being very upfront in what the process is going to look like. He also makes a point that this is an area where you also need to emphasize what role they are going to play in achieving the success that they seek. Phase five is acclimate, this is when the customer learns about and hopefully grows comfortable with the organization's way of doing business they're really understanding the ins and outs of how it's going to be they're getting used to weekly check-in calls whatever it might be that is bringing them into feeling more at home with you and your business regular communication here is key it's about communicating with them what key milestones that, they're, that you're meeting or that will be met and when to expect them and what it will look like as the progress is made. It's also a time when it's important for you to start anticipating things that might cause your customer to feel anxious. You've been through this before. What were some of the things that your other customers started to feel stressed over? How can you anticipate that and make sure that this new customer doesn't feel that way? Phase six is accomplished. This is when the results happen. They're seeing the result that they needed come to be. If you haven't delivered, your customer's emotions can range from unsatisfactory to anger. So what are you going to do? How can you anticipate that? I mean, obviously we don't want to anticipate that, but you need to be prepared for it. That's part of that proactivity in the experience is if this happens, what do we do? The accomplished stage offers you the opportunity to acknowledge the significance of the milestone, celebrate the achievement, and in the process, remind the customer that this was the result that they were seeking all along. Phase seven is adopt. This is when the customer really takes ownership of the relationship and leads the charge on deepening and strengthening the bond between them and your organization. It's at this point that they will start making referrals, that they are proud to say that they've been working with you, and it is almost to the top of that ladder of achievement for you and your organization. If you think of these as kind of progressing up the steps or up a ladder to where you ultimately need to be with that client and meeting their needs, During the adopt phase, this is an opportunity to formalize a longer term relationship with that customer and think about how do you acknowledge that? Are there ways that you can celebrate the fact that you achieved what it was that you set out to do with this client? Give them some special treatment in some way, something that has unique value. And phase eight, phase eight is the one that I think we all hope to achieve and that's advocate. This is when your customer has become a raving fan, a zealous promoter, and they are eagerly making referrals to you. This is where your case studies come from. This is where your testimonials come from that allows you to strengthen your bond, not only with that particular customer that is providing the testimonial because you're telling them we've we are so proud of the work that we've done together we want to be able to share other share it with others and they're excited to be able to do that for you so if you pick up his book he'll go through each of these phases and he outlines in great detail opportunities and examples of how you can leverage each of those phases and simple things that you can do to bring those ideas to life within your customer journey And like I said, I think they all support those other two points that I said are so important in elevating our customer experience. And that's knowing our customer, knowing who they are, where do we find them? What do they need? How do we serve them? What problem are we solving for them? What does success look like for them? And understanding that we need to have a retention strategy in place as part of our bigger marketing strategies. So my takeaway for you or my, my action step for you today is to think about what can you do for your customers that will move them one step up on that ladder that you have them climbing with you? How can you move them from a customer to an advocate? Or from phase six, the accomplish, the fact that they've achieved their goal with you, into that adopt phase, which is when they see that there's a deepening bond forming with your organization. What can you do? And, you know, sometimes this may take months or years to be able to move them through the process. Other times it may happen in minutes. When it's happening in minutes, obviously you need to be very creative and very on top of things in terms of how to get that brand loyalty going. Because ultimately that's what we're talking about is how do we accomplish brand loyalty? Brand loyalty comes from them knowing who you are, yes, but it's about the relationship that they have with you that makes them loyal. It's not just about them knowing who you are. As I said, I'll go ahead and I'll link that research In the show notes, I will also um, link up a couple of past episodes that would kind of help build up on this. And in two weeks, so this is episode 30. Episode 32 will be my interview with Joy Coleman. It's one that you're not going to want to miss. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.